Hey guys, welcome back to the Live Podcast with me, your host, Rachel Melama. I hope you all had a fun weekend and I'm excited for today's episode because today we're going to be talking about how do you share Jesus with friends? I know it's so scary and after learning a lot uh, recently over the past few weeks and also from learning from past experiences, I am so glad to come out with an episode like this because when I was a baby Christian, I really needed something like this. So I really hope this episode encourages you. So let's get right into it. One time a friend and I went for a drive and I started telling them about my new relationship with Jesus and how happy I was. I then asked them what they thought about the Christian faith or if they had any experience with anything like that. I was met with disdain and they were just not about it. My friend just rolled their eyes at me and said in a very begrudging tone, look, I know what you're trying to do and it's not going to work. And I said, what do you mean? Because I was genuinely confused. And they said, you're trying to turn me into a Christian and it's not going to work. I said, no, I'm just trying to ask you about your experiences, but you seem to not really like it. How come? And my friend said to me, My grandparents believed in God, but it was so painful for my parents to see them sick and dying. So what's so good about God if that kind of stuff happens? So yeah, it was really painful for me to watch my parents go through that. So my parents aren't Christian. I'm not a Christian. It's all just too painful. And I nodded and I tried really hard not to jump into problem solving mode like I usually do when my friends tell me about their problems, but I really felt stumped. I had no idea what to say to my friend after that. And I felt like a big jerk for being so happy about my relationship with Jesus. And from that point on, that friend drifted away from me. And unfortunately, our friendship dissolved and we just parted ways. Uh, mostly because I had become a, quote, Jesus freak. (laughs) And yeah, they just didn't want to be anywhere near that. So it was really sad. And uh, unfortunately, this is very common. And a lot of people go through this because a lot of people in the world are either hurt or angry at either other Christians or at God. So I've been going through the Nine Marks Building Healthy Churches book series, and I recently just completed the evangelism book by J. Max Stiles a few weeks ago, and it really hit me in a new and profound way, and it really changed how I now approach evangelism. So a lot of what I'm going to be talking about has come from that book, and I'd really encourage you to read that series. It's so incredible. It's The books are really small, um, so they're very manageable to just consume. So with that being said, before we get to the practical side, I first want to look at some principles of evangelism. And the first one being is teaching. You can't share the gospel without using words. John chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning was the one who was called the word. The word was with God and was truly God. So teaching is a pattern of the Bible. The Bible is a book that teaches. From the start to the end, the Bible is teaching us something. The gospel needs to be taught to someone before they become a Christian. We can't skip this step and then go immediately into discipling them. A lot of people might think, yeah, yeah, I know the gospel, but reading it over and over is just really, really boring after a while. Well, we don't need fancy lights, a smoke machine, extravagant programs or anything like that. We just need to teach the gospel especially because there's a lot of confusion about it in the world today. Sometimes when people tell others about the gospel, they either minimize it or they maximize it. And this is where misunderstandings can happen. If we make the gospel really small and just tell people that it's only a way to get people saved, then people will start to view it as life insurance just so that they don't go to hell. But the gospel is the literal heart of God. It's the door of salvation and the pattern for life. It's not just a life insurance. It informs the way that we live. But on the other hand, if we make it sound too big and we maximize it just really over the top, 
then we're making it sound like the gospel is everything. And then people start to think that we're saved by faith and good deeds or the law. And they add all these things to the gospel. And some things might sound good and right, but they actually are just things that come out of the Christian life. Like it's an overflow. So you're saved by grace. And because you are so completely in love by the fact that you have been saved by grace, an overflow of that is the good deeds and you want to do what God says, which is following his law. But those extra things, they can't actually save us. We need to keep it real to the gospel and emphasize what Jesus did for us and how he alone saves us. So the gospel message should answer four main questions. Who is God? Why are we in a mess? What did Jesus Christ do? And how do we get back to God? And if you don't know the answers to that, I'd suggest you research the Gospels for yourself. Uh, But to summarize them, they would be this. God is our creator. He is loving, holy, and just. And one day he's going to bring perfect justice against all the sin in the world. People are made in, in the image of God and we're beautiful and amazing creatures with dignity, worth, and value. But through our willful, sinful rebellion against God, we have turned away from being God's children into becoming his enemies. But we all have the capacity to be restored into a loving relationship with God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and his sinless life gave him the ability to become the perfect sacrifice for our sins. His death paid for the sins of all who come to know him in faith. His resurrection from the dead is the ultimate proof of the truth of these claims. And God wants us to acknowledge our sin. He wants us to repent, which is sounds like a big, scary word, but it just means to, to change direction, a complete change of direction, a 180 degrees, and to believe in Jesus Christ and to turn to God in faith with the understanding that we will follow him and love him for the rest of our life. So we need to immerse ourselves in gospel truth, gospel living, and gospel study, because only then will it start to come out of us. Secondly, as we teach the gospel, we need to have direction, and our direction comes from understanding that everyone around us, everyone we see and talk to, is headed to one of two ends, either eternal life or eternal punishment. Having direction helps us to keep perspective on what we're doing. It helps us to remember what's at stake. And it's to see people go from darkness to light, to go from death to life. But not just any direction will do. We need to have a specific aim, and it's to persuade people to become followers of Jesus. But let me be very clear. We can convince, we can persuade, but we do not and we should not ever manipulate or force anyone, and we don't ever lie. We're not the ones who can bring about repentance or conversion. That's only up to the Holy Spirit. We use truth, hope, and reason to persuade. We stay cool and calm and we're kind because we know that a life is at stake. A lot of people get confused about conversion, but the Bible clearly teaches that you are not saved because of your parents' faith or because of what church you're a part of or what academic achievement you get or any of that. Conversion comes from true, aware, genuine faith in Jesus. So don't put too much pressure on yourself. And just like we can't make someone convert, we can never produce the genuine faith in someone ourselves. That's also up to the Holy Spirit. And just because someone says that they're a Christian and that they're converted to the faith doesn't necessarily mean that's true. Only a genuine faith, which is given by the Holy Spirit, is true evidence of faith. And you see that in how they live out their lives. They can't just say with their mouths, yes, I'm a Christian, but there's no proof of it. We can only tell people about Jesus, but we can't make them convert. 
but it is a great relief when someone is persuaded and moves into a loving relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20 to 21 says, We were sent to speak for Christ, and God is begging you to listen to our message. We speak for Christ and sincerely ask you to make peace with God. Christ never sinned, but God treated him as a sinner so that Christ would make us acceptable to God. As Christians, we have the responsibility to be representatives of God's kingdom. We are Christ's ambassadors. We're called to see others differently. We're not meant to see others in a worldly way. We're to know and to love them and to understand that they are lost and need to be reconciled to God. And especially, we're meant to get the message right. Now let's move into some of the more practical things that we can actually do when we actually are speaking about Jesus. First of all, give yourself grace when you share your faith. I've struggled a lot with the fear of evangelism, and I'm sure to some point you have too. Sometimes we're worried we can stuff up the message, or we're quiet when we should have spoken, or we say things and think they're dumb later. But just remember that even your mistakes can help you to become a better representative of Christ. We're always learning, so don't beat yourself up too much or feel too nervous about actually sharing the gospel. Next, meet people where they are. Be compassionate and maintain a tender heart towards others. That can be hard sometimes, so try and get into the daily practice of praying over your heart and praying that it's guarded while also being soft and tender all the time. You can't take people where you want them to go, especially if they're not ready yet. So always keep an eye out for open doors. This is why it's super important to even have a culture of evangelism. Sometimes Christians can get so caught up in their own lives that they don't know any non-believers and therefore they can't bring anyone to Christ. When Christians share their opportunities that they've been able to share the gospel with other people who don't believe, it actually encourages others to seek out the same and to get involved. So just remember that you're a sinner too and when you remember that, it will help you to keep you humble and humility is approved by the gospel. Also remember that as Christians, we have the answers to life's biggest questions. Where do you go when you die? Why should I even believe in Jesus? How do I get right with God? These are all things that we can offer to those who ask. But also acknowledge what you do know and what you don't know. Don't pretend that you know all the answers. It could just take a simple, oh, you know what? I actually don't know the answer to that question, but if it's okay with you, I can go look into it and get back to you. That's all it, that's all it needs to take. We don't know the whys of what God does, but we should trust him as the one who does make sense in a broken world. And our world is broken from sin. Just read Genesis chapter 1. And a Christian does well in that environment because they should know how it got that way. When the reality of life breaks through all the superficial stuff that we initially care about, the superficial stuff that keeps us away from God, whether it's peer pressure or caring about what other people think or clothes or status, things like that, That is where you can shine the light of the gospel to those people. And we're not meant to keep that light hidden, which is also why we're meant to focus on people's separation from God and not just being morally upright. No one wants to be told that what they're doing is wrong. So be intentional in your conversation. Plan out what you will say, if that helps. This will help you to say things that are actually helpful and not things that might be awkward or offensive. Maybe even ask permission to share the message of the gospel at the start, because we need to acknowledge that the gospel can be offensive to some people. So ask lots of questions, be a good listener, and finally, if you can anticipate a particular issue in a person's life, it would be a good idea to be familiar with it, uh, either by reading a book or 
talking about it with someone who knows about the issue further. I want to end this episode with some Bible verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, because we were shown mercy, we do not give up. And Philemon verse 6 says, As you share your faith with others, I pray that they may come to know all the blessings Christ has given us. We need to remind ourselves of this verse when we're tempted to feel that our attempts at sharing Jesus to our friends are useless. I hope these verses give you encouragement to share your faith with others. Just don't give up hope. Know that when we share our faith, it's not just for the other person, but it's also for our benefit also. It's so that we also have a better understanding of the good and wonderful things that we have in Christ. We might be tempted to give up sharing our faith because we don't see anything working or happening right away, but we have to trust in God. Trust that He is working through us as we share our faith, even if we don't get to see the results this side of heaven. You can always depend upon God, even when you're tired and discouraged. Evangelism is bigger than what we can see. God wants to give you His eyes to see people as He sees them. He wants to help you to know the rich meaning of the message that we bear. And He is helping you to depend on Him to work in people's lives. Sometimes just showing people how we live helps, and that's, that's going to start something in their hearts. It's just a baby step, so just don't give up. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, and I really hope it encouraged you to share your faith with someone and to start praying for those in your life who don't know Jesus yet. If it did encourage you, I'd love to hear about it. It really makes my day when I get messages from you guys. You can get in touch with me either on the blog, rachelmelema.tumblr.com forward slash ask, or on any of the social media channels. I'm excited by next week's episode, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I also hope that you enjoy it as well. I really hope that you have a faith-filled week, and I'm praying for you no matter where you are, and I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.